0: This is Sam Anderson, lead pastor at Central Church. Thank you for listening to the Central Church Podcast. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. And to keep up with everything happening in our faith community, visit centralchurch.cc. So if you missed last week, you need to catch up on the podcast. It's at centralchurch.cc slash podcast. And um, it'll kind of help you kind of build on the process that we're going through in this series. But last week, we talked about one passage in particular, and we hit it pretty hard. Some of you got hit pretty hard with Reese's in the face, but we hit this passage pretty hard as well, and it was Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 6, and it says, Better is one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil. Better is one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil. And so I heard we had some really robust conversations and um, interactions at our house churches this past week. People were talking about how this is kind of playing out. And um, we, we titled last week Less is More and talked about how one handful, better is one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil. And so we said less is more. So this morning what we're going to do is we're going to kind of piggyback off of that. And we're going to talk about how giving is good. Because see, in my pursuit of this less is more lifestyle, remember we talked about last week, we gave kind of three directives. We said um, that we need to what? Cut back, we need to clear out, and we need to pay off, right? And we said we need to create space in our lives and we need to go through life with one handful so that another hand is free to help. Another hand is free to serve, but when we have two handfuls, all we're doing is consumed with our stuff, and we're living to keep up with our two handfuls, right? And so in this idea and in this pursuit of living a less is more lifestyle, I've been giving a lot of stuff away, right? I'm like, this stuff's got to go. I got to create space, and I told you last week that I'm a recovering maximalist, right? They got this whole minimalist thing going on. I'm a recovering maximalist. Like I said, I have something for myself for every occasion and something for you for every occasion. And so over this past week, I've been able to give away 22 pairs of shoes, which is crazy. Um, I've given away 62 shirts. Guys, I'm telling you, this is no joke. I've given away 18 pairs of pants and I've given away four garbage bags full of stuff. I have another garbage bag full of stuff at my house still, and that's just scratching the surface, right? I mean, I have so much stuff. When I said I'm a recovering maximalist, you guys are like, ah, ha, ha, ha. no, really, like for real, right? And so I've been giving this stuff away and it's been really, really amazing. See, giving is good. Giving is good. And so last week at um, the offering time, I shared a story um, that I, I was able to be a part of in Kroger. And many of you were kind of wiping your eyes as I was telling it. For those of you who missed out, um, I was in Kroger this past, like a, a week and a half ago, and I got in line behind some lady, and I could tell she was struggling doing the math of figuring out, like, did she have enough money to cover what she was getting? And I noticed the stuff was Sloppy Joe's stuff. Uh, because, how many of you grew up on Sloppy Joe's? Okay, look around. Those are the poor people. I grew up on Sloppy Joe's as well. Um, And so I noticed she had some Sloppy joe stuff, but then she left the grapes and the bread in her cart, and she was doing the math, kind of, can I afford this, can I not afford this kind of thing? And so I felt the Holy Spirit saying, Sam, you need to pay for this lady's groceries. And so I did, and it was like this big God moment. You know, she broke down and started weeping. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. God bless you. All this stuff. cost me 17 bucks. I mean, it wasn't that it wasn't a ship-sinking purchase, but it meant the world to her. And I told you, I walked out in the parking lot like, that's right, I'm holy, I'm righteous. And then I got to the car and I just broke down crying because it was such a powerful experience to be used by God and be a vessel of what God wanted to do in that lady's life that it just wrecked me and it changed me. And, and giving stories like that are awesome. You know, when we hear stories like that, we're moved, we're touched Right? When you hear someone being generous and you're like, man, that is incredible, it like touches us on a deeper level, doesn't it? When we hear of someone giving just audaciously or someone's overly generous or they bless someone else, you think, man, that's so selfless, that's so beautiful, that's so powerful. I know I hear those stories and I'm like, man, that's incredible and I am touched and I am moved to the core. But here's the deal, you don't feel the same way about consuming stories, do you? You feel different about, giving stories than you do consuming stories. Like if I got up here at offering one Sunday and was like, listen guys, because of your generosity, you should see this TV that I was able to buy. It is incredible. It's 4k. It's 70 inches. It's, there would be nobody touched at a heart level saying, oh man, that's so powerful. No, you'd all be probably pissed off, right? You'd be like, well, what? What's this guy talking about, you know? And and so like giving stories and consuming stories touch us in a different way. People don't show up and tell you about the brand new shoes that they bought that they're so excited about. You're not touched to the core by that. You're not like, oh man, that's so powerful. I might be moved to tears over the new Nikes you just got. Man, this is heavy. This is, or someone doesn't walk in in a new dress or a new purse or something in tears. Like, I can't believe I got this dress. It's so amazing, Right? I mean, some people do, and then you just kind of just slowly back up and say, oh, look, I have to go, like, catch my refrigerator. It's running, or something, right? But, um, you know, th- those kind of stories don't move us like giving stories move us, because I feel like giving stories, they, like, tap into our soul, right? And they touch us on a deeper level. They, they move us. They move us. In Acts 20, chapter 35... Um, they referenced something that Jesus said that I think is so awesome. He says, You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. It's more blessed to give than to receive. Giving stories move us, receiving stories, not so much. I mean, maybe. The lady in the grocery store who received that blessing at Kroger of $17, it, it probably moved her. If you're on the receiving end of things, it, it can be powerful. If it's a God-answered prayer and you're like, oh my gosh, this is the most amazing thing ever. I can remember growing up and we had no food, no groceries, and people from the church showed up with just and loaded our porch full of groceries. And I remember that was a powerful moment for me and my family. My parents were weeping. We were crying. We were like, oh, you know, no more macaroni, macaroni and hot dogs for the 20th day in a row. You know what I mean? Like receiving, it, it can be good. But, is, but think about how powerful it was to the people who dropped off those groceries to see that family crying and so thankful Think of what it did in their hearts and in their lives. And so it's better to receive, or it's better to give than to receive. And so let's pray this morning, and I'm going to talk a little bit more. I'm going to unpack this idea of how giving is good. So let's pray together. God, thank you so much for today. I pray this morning that you would use me as a mouthpiece for your truth. I pray that you would remove me from the equation, but that you would speak through me. Because I believe the content that we're covering this morning can be life-changing. It can be paradigm-shifting. It can alter the way that we function. It can alter the way we exist. And God, I pray that we would open ourselves up for your Holy Spirit to speak to us today. I pray that if we have work baggage or family baggage or relationship baggage or stress, that we would just lay it at the foot of the cross and leave it there. And I pray that we would make ourselves receptive for you to speak loud and clear. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Second Corinthians Chapter 9, verse 11. Paul's writing to the church in Corinth, and he says this. He says, You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. It says that our generosity will result in people giving thanks to God. You know, this is really interesting as it plays out in the story I shared about Kroger. You know, I was in line with the lady, and I just handed the cashier the money, and after that happened, the lady didn't go, oh, my gosh, Sam, thank you so much, Sam. You are so wonderful. You're such a great person, Sam. Sam, thank you for paying for this. Oh, that, That's not what happened. And I didn't hand her the money and say, hey, uh, I'm the pastor at the church over at the corner, and uh, if you'd like to come worship with us, uh, we'd love to have you. God bless you. Hallelujah. Amen. Do I need to lay hands on you? That didn't happen. I didn't talk about God. I didn't talk about prayer. I didn't talk about anything. I just said, hey, I want to pay for your groceries. That's it. I was dressed similar to this, except I had a Carhartt vest on and a baseball hat. So she probably thought I was like Bavila or something, you know? And so I'm standing there. So she doesn't know that I'm a pastor. She doesn't know that I'm a Christian, that I'm a religious person at all. And so I pay for her groceries. And you know what the first thing that comes out of her mouth is? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. And she goes, God bless you, God bless, and she's weeping, and thank you, God, thank you, Jesus, oh, my Lord, thank you, Lord, all this stuff. I didn't say that I was doing it in the name of the Lord. I didn't say, hey, I'm a pastor, you need to get saved, hey, here's a track, and uh, if you listen to my spiel, then I'll pay for your groceries. I was just generous, and being generous created thanksgiving to God. How crazy is that? That it says that in 2 Corinthians 9-11, it says your generosity re- will result in thanksgiving to God. And so when I did this, it wasn't look how great Sam is, it was look how great God is. And I didn't have to do that. I had no part in that. That was all him. Right? It's this incredible thing. And so if we know, if we have this understanding that giving stories touch our soul and they move us and they're powerful and it's blessed, more blessed to give than to receive and we know that giving and being generous points people to God because it's so countercultural, right? Nowhere in our culture does it say you need to put others first. You need to serve others. You need to be generous. You need to give more than you do receive. And it's so countercultural that people are like, "Oh my gosh, this is a supernatural occurrence," obviously, because this doesn't just happen. So if we know that all of this is true, then why don't we give more? Why don't we do it more? Why don't we do it more often? Why aren't Christians the most generous people in the entire world? Why don't we give more? Well, I think there's some different roadblocks and different barriers that kind of take place. Maybe it's because we're struggling ourselves. Maybe we're the ones in line getting the Sloppy Joe stuff and leaving the bread and the grapes for later just to see if the Kroger card and everything lines up, that we got enough money maybe on our WIC card or on our EBT card or on our debit card or enough cash in our pocket to even pay for it. Maybe we're the ones that are doing the mental math here, and that's a very real thing. It's it's a reality, so maybe that's us. Maybe that's kind of a barrier that we can barely cover ourselves, much less help others. And so we're thinking, yeah, better to give than to receive. Man, I just need to receive something. I'm having a hard time. I'm not at the giving. I'm, I'm at the. I, I need help. And maybe that's you. Maybe that's like this this barrier that we're facing. Maybe it's because it's been abused in your life, probably by the church. You know, maybe this idea of being generous and giving has been abused and taken advantage of. Maybe churches have said, you need to give, you need to give, it'll, you know, uh, you give 50 bucks, God will give you 100 bucks, hallelujah, glory. You know, maybe you've heard things like that and it's been abused and then the pastor drives away and his like brand new Corvette and you're like, "Ain't nothing in here, it uh, doesn't add up. He's got a pinky ring that costs more than your house. You know, there's like three suit changes in a service and each suit is more than your whole wardrobe. You guys know exactly what I'm talking about. Maybe it's been abused in the past, and you got this like, cynical approach now. And you're like, yeah, give. Yeah. I'm on to you. Right? Or maybe it's been abused by scam artists. Hey, my car broke down. My kids are over here. Oh, man, I need help. Will you hand me some money? You give them money, and then they go get in their car that's nicer than yours and check their iPhone to see what time it is on their way out, their iPhone 7, and you're on the iPhone 4. You know, maybe it's been abused in the past. We're laughing, but it's so, you totally know what I'm talking about. Or you give the money to the guy on the side of the road and he's like, oh, thanks, God bless you. And then he pulls out a wad and he like just puts it in the back of the wad and throws it back in. You're like, what, what, what? I'm, I'm trying to, uh, what? You know, maybe it's been abused in the past. And so you got a roadblock there and you're like generous. Yeah, mm-mm. been there, done that. Didn't work out for me, right? It wasn't a positive, better to give than, I, I'm not buying it, dude. Or maybe it's because you have a scarcity mindset that there's like this limited amount available and you gotta protect what you have, right? Maybe you're still hung up on last week where you got two handfuls and you're just protecting those two handfuls and you're saying, I can't give anything else because I got all this and I gotta protect this and if I lose this, then what, you know? Maybe it's because you grew up without and now you have and you wanna protect what you have, right? And so there's a barrier there and we're afraid to give it, but let me just give some truth that supersedes all three of of these barriers and it's, it's this, whenever you give, You will always be a blessing. Always. And whenever you give, you will always be blessed. Always. Whenever you give, you will always be a blessing. And whenever you give, you will always be blessed. Proverbs says something that's super awesome. You know, I talked a little bit about Proverbs last week. It's part of wisdom literature, this, this genre in the Bible that you read it and it's supposed to make your life better and make you better at life, right? And so it's in this book of Proverbs, chapter 11, verse 24 and 25. And I love what this says here. It says, The world of the generous gets larger and larger, the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others are helped. That is so true. That is so powerful. The world of the generous gets bigger and bigger. And the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. Listen, living a purposeful life is a generous life. Living a life that's abundant is a generous life. Living a life that's exciting, that's a generous life. These are lives of generosity. These words and these these adjectives are are synonymous with one another. You know, I told you a few weeks ago that this past year has been a revolution in my heart because I knew I was gonna get up and start taking offering again. We stopped taking offering here for like six or eight months. Stopped passing the buckets and everything and then we realized, man, we're gonna have to shut the lights off if we don't start passing the bucket again. So I had to do this reconciling in my heart because I hate getting up and talking about money. I hate it. I thought, why do I hate this so bad? And it was because of a lot of the barriers that I just talked about. A lot of the roadblocks, I've seen it abused. There's been scarcity in my life. There's been times where I need help and I can't be generous. And so all of these things kind of played into my head and gave me this perception of generosity. And so getting up and talking about money was super, super hard for me. And so I thought, you know what? I need to change who I am. And then when I get up and talk about money, it'll be different, hypothetically, right? And so I went on a journey and I was like, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna start being more gen-. I would look at people, um, you know, like Rachel, uh Rachel Flanagan, and I would look at her and say, she's so freaking generous, and that like blows my mind, and I love it, and I want that, because I see how happy and joyful she is when she's, when we do like a basket for babies and stuff, she's like, what do you need? I'll make it happen, right? When we do food, she's like, I want to do it three nights instead of, I mean, it's just, it's incredible the amount of, she had no idea I was going to say this, and don't start crying, and don't be embarrassed, and don't hate me, but to see, to see her generosity, guys, it was like mind-blowing to me, I said, I want that, and there's many generous people in the room, but I'm not going to highlight all of you. But the reality is, it, it was mind-blowing. And so I said, you know what, I'm going to start, I'm going to, I want to be Rachel Flanagan. I want to make that happen. And so I shifted my, she's like, you don't want to be Rachel Flanagan. She's like, Sam, stop praying that. <laughs> You're, um, but I, I was like, you know, I want this. I want this, and so I started looking for ways to be more generous, and I started approaching money differently, and we've made some changes in my family, and made some changes in our hearts, and guys, now when I get up and talk on, on Sunday mornings about offering, I'm not like, oh my God, I hate doing this so bad. It's like awesome, because I'm like, listen guys, I'm not just saying this stuff. I've been doing this stuff, and it's life-changing. It's incredible. It changes your perspective about everything. It changes your approach to Everything, everything. The generous life, what this says in Proverbs, that the generous life, gets, the world gets larger and larger, is so true. There's so many exciting things that are happening and so many incredible things that are happening just because I've changed my perspective to look for ways to serve and look for ways to be generous. And so the reason I'm so passionate about this is not because, guys, hypothetically, if you do this, God will bless you. No, I've experienced this, and I want you to experience this. I want us to do this together because my life has gotten larger and larger and larger. And my world has gotten larger and larger. And the stories that I've seen and the stories that I've heard and the stories that I've been able to be a part of are incredible. And I want that for you too. Because I believe what Proverbs says here is true. That the world of the generous gets larger and larger and more exciting and more incredible and the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. And we hold on to our two handfuls and we say, I got it. I'm good. But you're not. You're really not. And so this morning, what I want to do is I want to look at sort of three takeaways. Last week, I said the starter kit. Remember, on Facebook, you got the memes that are the starter kits. I gave the starter kit for less is more living, right? And I said, we need to cut back. We need to clear out. We need to pay off. So this morning, I want to cover kind of a starter kit of generous living. Ideas to improve your generosity. This is ground one, ground zero, you know, step one. This is generosity 101. Three ways that can kind of jumpstart this in your life. And, and lead you to become a more generous person. And so, number one, if you're taking notes, is this. And this is a touchy one. This is one that's going to be met with the most cynicism. And it's this. Trust God with the tithe. It's easy for you to say you're a pastor. No, it's not easy for me to say because I'm a pastor. Trust God with the tithe. Trust God with the tithe. See, tithing is 101 for generosity, it's a biblically, it, 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 the Bible's idea of giving 101 is the tithe. It's generosity for beginners. It comes from the Hebrew word that's ma'aser, ma'aser, and it literally means one-tenth. And so we see this in Leviticus, this, this idea of tithing. In Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30, it says, a tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord, and it is holy to the Lord. Now this serves as like a groundwork, as a foundation for giving. This is like the biblical idea of saying, this is how you start the ball moving in being a generous person and living a generous life. And here's the deal. It's not because God needs your 10%, okay? Tithing is not because God needs your 10%. It's because you need to give your 10%. It's not for God. God doesn't change as a result of your tithing. You do. You do. It's not powerful for God. It's powerful for you. And so step one in living a generous life is trusting God with the tithe because here's the deal. When you give 10% of your income, think about it, 10%. That's a lot. If you give 10% of your income, then you have to adjust the rest of your life to operate on 90%. And you say, well, wait a second, Sam. That means I have to reorganize and reorchestrate everything, all of my bills, all of my budgeting, all of my expenditures, all of my family, everything I do, I have to reorganize around the 90%. Yeah, that's the point. That's why it's 101. That's why it's the foundation. God says, hey, you know what? All of this stuff should revolve around me, not you. And so when you give that 10%, it requires you to adjust everything else around it around that 10%. God says, this is important. This is generosity 101. It's the starting point. And many of us, were in this struggling phase or we're in this abused phase and this scarcity phase where we're like, oh no, man, we're not doing it. But listen, here's the deal. Those can only be removed if you trust God with your finances. That's the only way to get over it. Anytime that we think that we're in control of our finances, the scarcity roadblock is gonna jump up. The abused roadblock is going to jump up. The struggling roadblock is going to jump up. But when we say 100% of this, I'm trusting to God, it changes our perspective. It changes the way we go about life. The only way that that's going to happen is if we trust God with our finances. And this is ground one. This is, this is like the one one. It's not like, oh, you're giving 10%. Now you've arrived. Congratulations. You're a generous person. That's not it. This is the foundation. In Malachi chapter three, verse 10, it says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. This is the only place in scripture where where we are challenged to test God in this. It's as if God knew how important money would be to us, how tight the grip that money would have on us. He's like, test me in this and see if you are not blessed. And please, please, please do not get it twisted. I'm not saying if you give $50 in the tithe plate, you're going to walk out to the parking lot and find 100 and that God's going to supernaturally increase and give you double. That's not what it means. When I paid $17 for Sloppy Joes for that woman, I didn't walk out in the parking lot and find a $34 bill and say, oh, it must be supernatural, hallelujah. They don't even make these, Right? That did not happen, but I was blessed so much more than $34 could offer when I sat in my car and weeped over God using me in that situation. It's not about the financial return and the blessing. He says, test me in this and see if I don't change your life. Test me in this and see if I don't shift your perspective. Test me in this and see if your world doesn't get larger and larger and larger. And see if your perspective and the way you live life doesn't change completely. Test me in this. He says, check this out. He says, stop allowing money to rule you and set aside because the generous way of life is the way to live; it's the best life for you. And many people read this and they hear this and they dismiss it. Oh, it's Old Testament banter. Leviticus. We don't listen to Leviticus anymore. Jesus showed up, man. I'm like a Jesus follower, not an Old Testament follower. So I don't tithe. I, uh, I just don't. I would encourage you to check out Matthew twenty-three twenty-three. It's where Jesus kind of talks about it, and he says he doesn't say it's the most important thing, which I love, but he says it's still important. Because it's the groundwork for generosity It's the foundation for generosity It's taking a perspective of saying You know what, I'm taking all my money And making it all about God first And then everything else And it shifts our perspective And it shifts the way we do life So step one, trust God with the tithe Many of you are going to be on step one For the next six to eight months Wrestling with it Saying okay, no, okay, no Yeah, no, Mm, ah, ooh, ooh, it hurts We're going to write the check We're going to rip the check up And say no way, it's too painful It's going to happen it's hard. It's really hard. I'm not going to get up here and say your life's going to be rainbows and unicorns when you start living on 90%. Because you're saying, man, I can barely make it on 100%. What are you talking about? But I'm saying it shifts your perspective and it changes everything. It literally changes everything when you do this. And I'm not talking hypothetical. I'm talking from experience. It changes everything. So step one, be faithful to the tithe. Step two, And our starter pack for generous living is this, plan your generosity, plan your generosity. We plan to purchase and acquire. We have coupons, we have groupons, we have savings accounts. We plan to buy a new pair of shoes and we save and we wait and then we make the purchase. We plan to make big purchases. If we need a new bed, we save and we plan and we plan and we save and we budget and we cut back and then we go buy a new mattress and we go buy a new bed. You know, we make these preparations to consume. We make plans and budgets and line items and all this stuff for expenses and for stuff. But what if we planned to give? What if we planned to be generous? Rather than only planning to consume, we planned to give. What if we not only budgeted 10% for tithes and offering as a spiritual discipline, but we planned and budgeted and prepared to be generous for others? We set aside a certain amount of money and said, you know what that money's for? Giving to other people. You know what that money's for? Blessing other people. You know what that money's for? Buying somebody else's groceries. You know what that money's for? I'm going to let it save up for six months, and I'm going to buy somebody a bed who I know needs a bed. What if we did that? Rather than only planning to purchase for ourselves, we plan to purchase for others. I told you guys this a few months ago that my wife and I started doing this. Again, I'm not talking about hypothetical scenarios. I'm actually doing this and it's changing my life. I'm like the hair club for men. Not only am I the spokesman, but I use it as well. I mean, it's for real. It's for real. We started back, um, we paid off our van, and, um, you know, we do the Dave Ramsey envelope system for our money, and that's kind of how we function, right? And so we have envelopes, and we have an envelope. We took 10% to the tithe that we're going to give to the church, and that's what's going to happen because it's the foundation for generosity. Then we took another 10% of our income. Guys, this is painful because my income is smaller than a lot of yours. And so we took 10% of our income and said, this is strictly to be generous, strictly to give to other people, strictly to buy other people things that they need, strictly to look for ways for God to use us to be his hands and feet now. And so we started doing this and it has been absolutely life-changing for us. Absolutely life-changing. It shifts our perspective. It shifts the way we do things. And we've had to adjust to live on the other 80%. We've had to adjust, but the reality is, our life is getting bigger and bigger, and our world is getting bigger and bigger, and our stories are getting richer, and our relationships are getting deeper. And we, it is a powerful thing for God to use us in generosity. It has been unbelievable. It's been unbelievable to see what God can do. I was thinking about this last night and getting ready to talk, and I thought, you know, going, even going back to the stories of generosity and how that moves us. In college, many of you guys know I'm a big shoe person. Obviously, I give away 22 pairs of shoes and I still have like a million, right? And so in college, I saw this kid who came from a foster family and um, didn't have, you know, a strong uh, structure. I think he was going to school for free um, because of low-income stuff or whatever. And uh, I saw this kid and his shoes were just terrible, absolutely terrible. They had holes in them, they had duct tape underneath them, and you know, you could tell he was a little insecure about it, and a little weird about it, and so I found out his shoe size, and I saved my money, and I budgeted. It was actually school loan money. Um, I got my school loan back, and paid for school, got my books, and I had a certain allotted amount to live on for the semester, which wasn't a lot, but I took a big portion of that, and I went and bought this kid some shoes, and I didn't say anything. I bought them, and I just put them on his bed in the box, I was like, here, man, take these shoes you know, God bless you, whatever, right? And so this kid has his new pair of shoes. Guys, this was like 15 years ago. Do you know how many pairs of shoes I've bought in the past 15 years? Tons. I don't remember anything about them. Nothing. You know what I remember? The black DC's size 10 and a half that I bought for him. That changed me. All the other shoes I bought, it's whatever. But that changed me. That made my world bigger. That shifted my perspective. That was a game changer for me back as a sophomore in college. It's something as simple as that. What if we make plans to do that? When we see someone who needs shoes, we buy them shoes. Because we've planned and we've budgeted and we've prepared to be generous because we've shifted our perspective to say, this is important. This is important. What if instead of, I mean, I'm, I know I'm beating a dead horse here, but guys, this is huge. This is a game changer. Many of you are saving and budgeting for a family vacation. Guys, what if, you, what if you paid for someone else to go on a family vacation that's never been? How incredible would that be, right? Okay, yeah, we get to go to Florida for the 500th time in our life. Or, hey, you guys get to go to Florida for the first and probably only time ever, and it's totally free. I want to bless you and pay for it. How incredible would that be? How much of a difference would that make? And get your kids involved. Guys, this is what we're going to do, and it's going to be awesome. It's going to change your kids. It's going to change you. When we take on this perspective of generosity, I'm not going to beat a dead horse, but you get the point. And what's really, really important, let me just throw on a a little uh, addendum here at the end. It's not about the amount. It's about the heart, okay? If you can't save up and buy someone a vacation, it's not about the vacation. It's about the perspective. Maybe all you can do is buy someone their lunch. That's awesome, That's awesome. It's about your heart looking for ways to be generous and planning for ways for God to use you in generosity. So step one, trust God with the tithe. That's generosity 101. That's the foundation. Step two, plan your generosity. Be ready for God to use you. Because if you think, oh, if it happens, if the opportunity presents itself, then that's not gonna present itself. You got two handfuls and all you see are your two handfuls. You gotta empty one of those hands and say, How can I make this happen? How can I make this happen? And plan and prepare to make it happen. Step three, start being generous now. Start now. Start now. Philemon chapter one, verse six, it says, put into action the generosity that comes from your faith. Put into action the generosity that comes from your faith as you understand and experience all the good things we have in Christ. Put into action your generosity. These are not concepts. These are not ideas. This is reality. This is not an abstract ideology. This is concrete practicality. Be generous. Don't just think generously. Put it into action. If you're waiting to be generous until you have enough to be generous, that's like waiting until you're financially stable enough to have kids. It doesn't exist. It's not reality, right? If you're waiting until you have enough to be generous, you'll never have enough to be generous. It's an elusive thing that doesn't exist. Giving is not something that we do. Generous is who we are. And that needs to start now. That doesn't start later when, you, when we accumulate more stuff, then I can start being generous. No, it's not about what we're doing. It's about who we are. It's not about the amount. It's about the posture. It's about the perspective. It's about our heart. And that needs to happen now. There's no excuses. It can happen now. And so maybe you're in here this morning and you're hitting the financial roadblock and you're struggling hard. Maybe you're hitting that financial roadblock and you're saying, how how can I help others? How, How can I do that? I can barely cover myself. How am I going to help others. Or maybe you're in here this morning and you're hitting that abusive roadblock where you've been burned in the past. You've been taken advantage of, and so there's a lack of trust. And you've, been, you've become cynical and you're saying, no, man, that's, that's not for me. Or maybe you're hitting the roadblock of scarcity and you got your two handfuls and you're just trying to protect what's yours. You've got to take care of what you've got. If you fall into any of these categories or any of the other, anything else that could potentially be tripping you up from being a generous person, maybe you need to start off by trusting God with your tithe. Maybe that's step one for you. Maybe it's saying, you know what? I'm gonna take 10% of my money, I'm gonna set it aside, and I'm gonna work with the other 90%. Maybe that's where you are this morning. Maybe you've heard it taught. Maybe you've heard it spoken, and and maybe it's been manipulated. Maybe they've had bands come on with keys, and then you do a key change, and you feel tingles on your neck, and then you obviously think it's the Holy Spirit that you need to give more, and you know, maybe you've been manipulated, but here's a dude standing in a room telling you, listen, it's not about, it doesn't change God, it changes you. And when you do this, it radically and drastically changes who you are. And it radically and drastically changes your perspective, and it changes the way you go through life. It really, truly does. And so maybe step one for you is trusting God with your tithe. Maybe step one for you is planning your generosity. Maybe you already trust God with your tithe. Maybe you need to walk out of here and plan your generosity. You need to have a budget line. Maybe you're like a budgeter and you need to make a budget line or a a column on your spreadsheet or however you do it, an envelope in your envelope system that says, this is strictly for generosity. I'm going to use this to bless others. Maybe you need to plan for it because you want to do it and you're waiting for it to happen, but it doesn't just happen. you got to plan for it. Just like it doesn't happen for you to just consume a lot of times. you got to plan for it. And so maybe you're in here this morning and that's what you need to do. You need to plan your generosity. But I know for all of us, step three applies. We need to start being generous now. Because it's not about an amount You don't have to start off buying people vacations and cars and mattresses. and It's about a posture. It's about your heart. It's about a perspective. It's about being a generous person, not doing generous things, but being a generous person in our heart. That's why I said I think it starts with trusting God with the tithe and then planning your generosity and then doing it in the here and now, making it happen. And so many of you are probably wrestling with some of the stuff we're talking about. Many of you are probably going through saying, okay, yeah, I can, I can definitely see that. Or maybe some of you are pushing back, like I'm never coming back to this jerk's church again. And that's okay too. But what I want to do is I want to carve out some time this morning. I want the band to lead us in a song so that we can kind of get an idea before we leave this space of what action are we going to take. Like, like it says in Philemon, put, put your generosity to action. What are you actually going to do about it? How are you going to take steps to be a more generous person? How are you going to take steps for generosity to become part of your DNA so your world can get bigger and bigger and bigger and more exciting and the stories you tell are going to be incredible and the stories that you get to be a part of are going to be incredible and it absolutely revolutionizes and changes your life. What are you going to do to start that today? What are you going to do today to make that happen? And so I want to create a space and give you time to do that. Maybe you need to seek God and say, God, help me your direction. Illuminate areas in my life that I can cut back so that I can make this happen. Illuminate people in my life that need someone to be generous and reach out and to change their lives. Let me be that person. But I want all of us to do business with God this morning. Let's pray together. God, I thank you so much for even modeling generosity to us by sending your son when we didn't deserve be a sacrifice and atonement for us. God, I pray that the individuals in this room would live a generous life. I pray that our perspectives would be aligned with yours, that our hearts would be aligned with yours. We believe that your your word teaches us how to make life better and make us better at life, and I believe wholeheartedly Generosity is one of the key ingredients to making us better at life and making our life better. God, I pray this morning as we're being introspective and in examining our hearts and our lives and our checkbooks and our bank accounts, I pray that we would put money in its proper place as a tool that we use, not something that calls the shots in our lives. And I pray that we would use that tool to be generous, to bless others. Because like Jesus said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. God, I pray if that looks like us being faithful with our tithe, if it looks like us making a plan to be generous, if it looks like us starting today before we leave this room being generous, I pray you would send your Holy Spirit to lead, guide, and direct us through this process. We surrender ourselves to you. We surrender our finances to you. We surrender every area of our life to you. We pray that you would lead us. God, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Thank you for listening to the Central Church Podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, inspired you, and you experience life change. If you are unable to attend our Sunday gatherings but still want to support this faith community, visit our giving page at centralchurch.cc And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe.